Hello and welcome to this episode of The Big Picture, where we'll be taking a wonder-filled trip down memory lane, pontificating the greatest gaming franchise ever. But before any fantastical journey can take place, some tasks must be completed first. In case this is your first time joining us, this is the podcast where we take an element of media and culture, discuss it and see if we can make it better, or decide an ultimate winner. There's no top tens here, there can only be one. Make sure to head over to Twitter and Instagram and follow us at underscore the big picture where you can join in all the festivities. And if you like what you hear, make sure to hit subscribe and follow on whatever platform you find us on and tell your friends. Speaking of festivities and adventures, one of the best games ever starts off with a wonderful birthday party. So join us like we joined Liam Neeson in a vault in celebration of your tag team champions of the last episode, <laughs> Jack and Stuart. We're here. We're here. The tag yeah, champs. Welcome to the show. It's uh, a, 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 share the crown? A, a, a wonderful mix of a, a, a serious pitch and a, and a wacky pitch is what the people want. If we can somehow combine Main Stewart's pitch and a DreamWorks killing off Jack Sparrow, Pirates of the Caribbean, maybe that's what the, the universe needs. Jack, you never know. The new expansion for Sea of Thieves could be the very thing that we've been asking for here. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. And Stuart, that was a hell of a pitch. It's haunted my most private moments, knowing that it'll probably never happen. But we'll fight for it. How are you doing? Uh, it haunts me. It haunts me. Bef- like as I came up with it, you know, visceral nightmares of uh, what my mind was brewing up. But uh, yeah, thanks, Lewis. Um, it gave it gives me great joy to be the joint people's champ this week, uh, mainly because I know how much it will annoy Jack having to share the title with such a piss up of an answer. Uh, <laughs> the people they know what they want, and it's uh, two very different pirate franchises. But uh, but yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for voting. Yes, in case you aren't sure, we would do is we decide a fan champion. So that's why you need to make sure you follow us on Square the Big Picture, as I mentioned earlier. And introducing the rest of our illustrious panel. Entering the arena first, our previous host with the most. He's the hero of the working class and the fixture of toilets and castles. Hailing from the highlands of Scotland and not in fact Italy, it's Reese. Welcome to the episode. How are you doing? I'm all right, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you feeling about the pontification journey we're about to take here? Well, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Um, I only found out yesterday that we were doing best gaming franchise and not best gaming company. So that was an exciting revelation for me. But other than that, you know, excited. You know, I look forward to hearing your pitch that you did 10 minutes ago. We won't discuss that. <laughs> and finally, last but not least... Our very own vault dweller, dragonborn hero of Darnley. It's Adam. Adam, welcome to the episode. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Just like Reese asks, I'm well. How are you feeling <laughs> about the, the conversation we're having here? Uh, good, good. Uh, although I do find it funny, Reese said that he only just realized it was a uh, gaming series, I guess, a game franchise, not game company. When I'm pretty sure that the first thing he asked me when he found out what it was, he suggested a gaming company, and I said, "Oh, but it's series, like franchise, not the company." And then, then he was like, "Yep, okay, I know what I'm doing then." And then somehow <laughs> he's forgotten that conversation. But there you well, go. I, yeah, I, that, didn't, I, didn't, see, I didn't. I didn't. You're not the only one. During the last episode, I sent my pitch over to Lewis, <laughs> and then I corrected him saying. It can't be Rockstar unless he was going to pick Rockstar as in the Guitar Hero competitor. And I told him it's gaming and he just never replied. 
for two weeks. Yeah. That, yeah. It was like, right, Rockstar's yeah. out. Let's see what we've got. Nintendo. <laughs> 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 so yes as you can tell we're all very well prepared in a professional environment in this case but now that training mission is complete it's time to get out into the world and adventure but before finally tackling the main quest aka our pitches so i kind of got to dive in here with what's your favorite gaming franchise is it probably probe into pitch territory but we can't go to the audience some suggestions of Final Fantasy, Zelda, Silent Hill from Grant, and a very interesting one from David with Sonic. You know, some long-run franchises there. So going to our previous host, who did a marvelous job, Reese. Are you a fan of big game franchises with long-running titles and spin-offs or shorter trilogies? Um, it's an interesting question. I feel like if you do it right, you could definitely have it going on for a long, long time, like with Mario. Um, that's a perfect example of like a, a long standing series of just brilliant games at one after another but i feel like more often than not you get um sequels that are just a bit of a cash grab um I, i'm going to i'm going to call it out guys here assassin's creed you know there's only been two good ones so it, it, you know the rest of them are pretty fresh thanks <laughs> <laughs> Realistically, I, I'm not huge on story-based games, and I, th- I feel like if a game isn't story-based, then it doesn't need a sequel. You know, ev- everyone here knows my favourite game is Rocket League, and you know, for about five years, people have been asking for Rocket League Two, and people sometimes unironically ask for Minecraft Two. There, there's no need for these kind of games to have sequels. Um, I would say, Lewis, to answer your question, I would say I would prefer shorter, maybe trilogies. You know, it's fair. Um, when you bring that up, I can't really think of what a Minecraft 2 would look like or even what a Rocket League 2 would look like. You change the cars for something else. Probably a question for another day. Jack, same question to you. Are you How do you feel about gaming franchises? Is it a cash grab or is it something for the fans? Um, I'd, I'd probably say a, a bit of both. I like that sometimes these companies will delve into something else but keep that element of what attracted the fans in the first place. Like for for example, I was like we scenes what happened with we a game franchise so close to my heart, Rayman, three excellent games, and then you had Rayman M, which is like a kind of racing game where you have a lot of characters. But then they went into that Raven Rabbit's pish, and that as uh, as pish, but they were kind of moving with the times. Is like kind of as I kind of grew up and maybe getting older, starting to play other kind of franchises like GTA, for example. They had to appeal to a new kids market, and that was when the, the big boom in the Nintendo Wii happened. So they had to do something else to keep the, the interest in the franchise alive, and they were able they were able to do that. And then especially sort of crossing over with the likes of Mario, etc. So it's, there's there's plenty of scope for it. So I I I, I get I I appreciate it, but I. I I, I couldn't honestly tell you what I what I prefer at the two. So obviously a big point there is adaptation. Um, Adam, some controversial statements from Reese regarding Assassin's Creed, but it's probably one of the more notorious titles for attempting to adapt to change in times. So uh, when you look at the larger framework of franchises, how do you feel? Do you one side or the other? Are you happy with them? Do you hate them? I think all successful franchises at the end of the day come down to fan demand and they come from successful games and people want more they want more from the company and you know what we've seen the attempts 
uh, if we're going to go to what what would I would count as a franchise cash grab, I would actually go for something like Anthem, which we've talked about in this before. A game that launches and then immediately they're talking about sequels. They're talking about it being this really long, you know, it's going to be this long thing. Everyone's going to get invested in it. This game's going to last for two years and then they release another one. Well, but they've not even released the first one. There's no demand for another one. No one even knows what the first one's about. That's the kind of thing, and you know, EA are famous for it. They'll try anything once. Um, when you get these franchises, when, when something's launched as a franchise, I think often that's when it falls flat but i think you get games in the series that launch and then due to their success due to the demand they come back and they make more and i think that's when you get the the long-running franchises we have they come naturally i would say and finally stuart you know adam brings up a couple of good points there about being successful adapting and kind of having fans and it's no you know secret between us that me and you are massive fans of Mass Effect and Halo something that have very vitriolic fan bases when you look at the successes of them how does that kind of draw on your conclusions of how you feel about franchises are you you know because some things have done well you love them or do you just hate them in general again cash grabs I don't fan bases um, you're always going to get people doesn't matter if it's a game franchise um, or a film franchise you know you're always even even artists have got their um vitriolic fans that like are just gatekeepers and everything you'll always you'll always have those types of people so i don't think it's those franchises fault um but like as adam said i i like franchises that take their time and don't end up as these bloated greedy don't even try anymore franchises um a good example um of a franchise that doesn't do this is bioshock like bioshock is a great franchise but they've only made three games because they don't feel the need to put out a brand new game every year. You know, the likes of your Call of Duties or, you know, your Assassin's Creed's like they take their time. And I, res- I respect a franchise more for taking the time to do that rather than pumping out a new game every year. Because at the end of the day, not only does it give you like the chance to come out with a really creative brand new experience, but like it gives the fans time to just kind of settle down and come back from it because these huge franchises, if it's something that's happening every year, and we're kind of seeing this with the likes of free-to-play games as well, like because there's constant um, content, I think it kind of shuts out a lot of the newer fans. But if you kind of, I like franchises to be a bit like a tide, like you come in and you've got this brand new game then you go back out and allow you know time to settle and then when it comes back in you can allow new players to come in as well yeah if we're shitting on companies that put out uh new games every year um and just said you know because there's content you know a good example of a company that shits out games every year even though there's no content there to be had ea you know gotta love these fifa games so good so <laughs> worth the 60 pound every year top tier content yeah i think that is one thing that kind of gets overlooked when it comes to franchises people don't really pay attention to your fifas the maddens the uh, nbas and nfls and nhls and anything else that starts with an n um so I want you all to think historically here for this question and, you know, trying to probe too much into big pitch territory here. But when you think of gaming franchises, what stands out is most recognisable for you, either in terms of characteristics or even just franchises themselves? Uh, Adam, could you go first on this one? Uh, I think if we're talking recognisable game franchise, it's Mario. It's Mario. Mario 
this is probably the only franchise you could go up to anyone in the street and you like you know video game like what you'd kind of anything about gaming and you know pretty much everyone would be able to give you mario as an answer you know i think it's it's very recognizable it's everywhere funnily enough for something that's never had like it's never successfully made it into like the film um into film hey, don't you dare talk bad about that film that is <laughs> but you know it considered it's been virtually exclusive to gaming it's it's still widely recognized i think and everyone knows it it's better obviously the further um east you get then even more it's recognized and it's iconic um also pokemon as well because but then that you'd probably put that down the fact that's so mainstream now is probably a lot down to pokemon go um everyone played pokemon go you know that's i know i've my old boss um in the unnamed pizza restaurant i used to work in she uh she was <laughs> she was old she was in her, her 50s and she used to play pokemon go she still plays pokemon go but she was like uh, obsessed with it um so i think that's they're probably the two that stand out for me as is, is just the big franchises you know you bring up something quite interesting there specifically when it comes to mobile games and even like pokemon go like you said during lockdown it was like a savior for me it was like a reason for me to go outside um and then you know eventually me and my girlfriend just go out and just play pokemon go just to go outside when it was nice days um which is kind of weird when i think about it because i need motivation to go outside anyway Jack, when you think of big gaming franchises, do you kind of think of your kind of mobile franchises like, I don't know, um, Pokemon Go or even some of the other ones that we see like uh, Candy Crush and some of these sort of games, or are you just completely somewhere else in the world? Uh, I guess if I, I'll, I'll, I'll provide two of like a mobile one and kind of one just like console normal-wise. I guess mobile, I guess the kind of big one for that's Angry Birds. That had that huge boom and that kept going and it's growing arms and legs. You've got movies coming out about it and all that. So I guess that's, or my will says, one of the most recognisable uh, gaming franchises for that. But aside from that, you'd, I, I was going to say Mario, but not saying Mario, I'd probably say Call of Duty, considering how often that gets pumped out every year. I hear, I hear re-scrolling there. Reese, you got something on that one? No, no, that was. I, I was going to say Mario, and then I was going to say Pokemon, and then I was going to say Call of Duty. But you know, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I'll think of another one. Well, I'll, the I'll the first one the that sprung to mind for me, guys. For <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Brock it, it's a toughie. I'm going to have to go with uh, Tetris on this one. The most sold game of all time. Everyone's played it. I used to play it during lectures. That's not a lie. Um, and finally, Stuart, looking at your own life and your experience with games and how it's changing and changed, do you have anything that stands out when it comes to big gaming franchises? Um, I guess this was because, like, when I was a kid, um, you know, video gaming was looked at from the older generation as something, you know, probably probably how, like, punk music was looked at like back in the day, like it was this thing that was not to be trusted, you know, it was evil, it was, it would take your children and, you know, it would uh, turn them into violent, angry, you know, sociopaths. And one of the games that was always banded about was GTA. It was always in the news, it was always, you know, on the, the lips of uh, teachers and parents alike. But um, all that did was make, I mean, I don't think I heard about GTA until it was 
blasted in the news about how like it was you know it, it was a video game franchise you should never let your kids play etc you know and funnily enough without that kind of absurd media coverage i probably wouldn't have wanted to play it but because it was everywhere and because it was like this forbidden fruit um you know you you tried to get your hands on a copy of gta whatever the cost um so GTA to me is something as as a as a franchise that's kind of transcended, like it's kind of not stuck to its own uh, realm of just like video games. That's a franchise to me that's kind of reached out and like not only gamers but the general public as well. Everyone knows what Grand Theft Auto is. Yeah, everybody knows either for better or for worse. Every policymaker and every public leader loves to point to that as some sort of you know reason for 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 violence, even though we know conclusively from psychological studies that. Violent video games do not make violent people. Just want to make that absolutely clear. Um, one thing I would like to get into is exclusives. Exclusive franchises often under an underappreciated aspect of franchises. You know, looking at you, Microsoft. Um, we asked our fans. Fifty percent opted to say they either hated it or were bothered by exclusives, whereas forty-three percent said it didn't really bother them, and a small seven percent of capitalists saying it is fair. Stuart, you're the elder statesman of the panel, and I don't mean that insultingly, as you have unique perspective available, and you perhaps have seen franchises across multiple, if not too many, console generations. I think of Tekken, this is one of the first games I ever played on the old PlayStation 1, along with the Tarzan game, underappreciated PlayStation 1 game. But now with the big three gaming consoles, Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, all having select exclusive franchises, your Gears of War, God of War, and Zelda, for example. Is this where exclusives and franchises will evolve, given the prevalence of successes as games as a service, as you mentioned earlier, and free-to-play models? I want to make a point here. Ironically, I wrote this script prior to the Xbox event that we saw free-to-play but exclusive Halo multiplayer and Star Citizen exclusively coming to Xbox, much to the displeasure of PlayStation owners, which I found in Facebook comments. You say a unique expect a unique perspective on this. What what he means, listeners, is a fucking old ass view on gaming. You know, this is you know the back of my day during the war kind of thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, old and like, bald. Yeah, old and bald. Yeah. Uh huh. If you if you want to hear my bald perspective on gaming, then that's the after show uh, up on our Patreon. Uh, but uh, what was the question again? Nah. Uh, so yeah, like. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't think exclusives will ever go away. Um, you have exclusives in capitalism. That's just how it works. Um, Reese will tell you all about that. But I think what will happen is, particularly with the Game Pass coming about, you won't see platform exclusives anymore. I think you'll see service exclusives. Like, if you look at Netflix, like Netflix are now they've made shows. Obviously the studios still have to make those shows but they've made shows that haven't been released on um like hard media like dvds and blu-rays and it just came out this week that it doesn't look like disney's going to make any blu-rays or dvds of wandavision or falcon the winter soldier i think that's what you'll see happen with exclusives you'll see them exclusive to like a, a platform like game pass however i think microsoft is desperate or not desperate, but they would like to get Game Pass onto PlayStation consoles. I think Microsoft are very open to blurring the lines 
as opposed to Sony. Sony very hard. Uh, they've got a very hard focus on um, exclusives. They want people to buy their console. That's where their attention is. But Microsoft are more willing to you know share their toys as long as they take their cut. If that makes sense, I think that's what you'll see. I don't think you'll ever see exclusives go away, but I think that's where you'll see them go. And and Jack, uh, just to kind of feed the same question to you, you know, Sony are really dying on the old um, exclusive model, and, and Microsoft are trying to adapt with the games as a service in Game Pass. Exclusives being what they are, do you anticipate Sony maybe not adapting quick enough? Or is Microsoft just taken off with Game Pass? I know you're a big fan. Yeah, I think I think Game Pass it's gonna be the I was gonna say the next big thing, it's the current big thing. I think it's only gonna get better. I do feel that maybe I know Sony have that PlayStation Now thing, which they're maybe they're trying to punt out more, but it's not I wouldn't say it's providing the same value for money that Game Pass is, especially like when you see that you're able to get, I think with I don't, I think with PlayStation now. Correct me if I'm wrong. That you can't get your online fees with it. You have to still pay that separately. I don't know if that's if that's correct or not. But I just I feel that with the 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 companies that Microsoft's able to get in, for example, Bethesda signing on to be an exclusive studio for uh, Microsoft, especially the Game Pass games, it's going to be really good. But I do feel that Sony, as of late, have very very good standalone exclusive games which will be enough for people to buy the console for example like god of war folk, folk will buy the console just to play that game so i i, I maybe they don't need to do it right away but at a point when it does get to solely just a service subscription type game that we seem to be heading to sony might be lagging behind microsoft at that point you know, I was one of those people that fell for the exclusive sale pitch. And I purposely bought a PlayStation to play God of War. I don't regret it. I just don't think it was worth it. And I think Game Pass as a value definitely kind of has changed my perspective on gaming and buying physical games or digital games even and just the value you get back from it. And, and Reese, I don't want to prompt a 10-minute capitalist rant, but if you want to, by all means, I'd love to hear it. When you look at gaming and franchises and this sort of success of games as a service and free-to-play models like the games you've enjoyed over the last years, how do you see that impacting gaming in the future? Um, well, before I get on to that, I just want to touch on what we've talked a lot there about um, Xbox and PlayStation, but I don't ever see there being a scope for the exclusive the exclusives of Nintendo ever been available on other platforms, mainly because I, th- I feel like they run completely differently. And I just feel like if you played Animal Crossing, for example, on your uh, Xbox, your PlayStation or whatever, it, it would just, it wouldn't feel the same and it would be pretty, it wouldn't hit the same. But uh, to answer your question, I think Stuart and Jack both mentioned, you know, a subscription-based thing gaming kind of style and i feel like the whole world is moving to subscription based i uh you know i've I've got netflix i've got amazon prime i've got disney plus and i looked again hbo max the other day and it was uh it was it was uh, 14.99 $14.99 and i was like that's ridiculous now I, I would end up being paying 
pretty much the same as what I, people complain about the prices of like Sky, and they've got you know everything in one place, and then you know Netflix was supposed to be like the the counter to that, and ever since then it's gone up, and now we've got Netflix Prime, the uh, Amazon, uh, sorry, um, Disney Plus, HBO Max. So the prices have just gone right back up. So you need to now pay, pay for all these exclusives on all these platforms. And I just feel like it's just going to be the same in gaming. I don't see Sony ever really coupling up with Microsoft and, and having Game Pass on PlayStation or you know PS Now on Xbox. So I feel like right now we're thinking, yeah, Game Pass, this is brilliant. This is the future. This is what we've been wanting. And it won't be long until Steam becomes subscription-based and PS Now becomes subscription-based and then Nintendo becomes subscription-based and then gamers are out of pocket the same way that we're seeing um, people who like to watch movies become out of pocket. There's definitely been a swing of the, the, the dial because I remember the old cut-the-cord movement where you know, Netflix and maybe one other streaming service seemed viable to get all of your entertainment from. And Sky was just no longer worth it, especially when you're paying, you know, 40, 50, 60. And in some cases, if you're getting movies, entertainment and sports into the 78 year range. Now with Netflix, Amazon, Disney, if you're getting HBO, if you're getting Now TV, you're now approaching that 60, 70 pound a month mark. And Adam, to you, do you think this sort of subscription-based thing, like Reese, is going to swing too far the other way and we're going to be lost in the weeds and paying so much more money and that we end up seeing the end of a console game? Uh, I think it, 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 you know, I think it definitely could end up that way. I think that um, maybe it's not right around the corner. I think like most of these that are with most of these things that will creep up slowly and maybe occasionally they'll push the boat out and go for a big change and then see the fans reaction and i think for as long as fans push against it it will never become totally subscription based but you know never say never um i do think as well it's interesting as we've, we've not mentioned it so far is that with the rise of subscription services and you know especially like overseas subscription services like HBO and things. We've actually we've seen a big um, uprise in pirating things and getting stuff illegally and having easy ways to access all these things for less money. Everyone wants a way to do it without spending it. Um, spend everything, you know, you can get cracked fire sticks, all these different things. I mean, well, you know, I wouldn't recommend getting to them for legal reasons. Um, but there's definitely plenty of ways. The big picture ways. does not condone piracy yes, or stealing absolutely. in any official... So I wonder if we'll see in future uh, perhaps the same kind of thing happen with gaming. If it does become a more subscription-based thing, you know, who can sell you a cracked console to get you all the games or, you know, access to these services for less. Um, I don't know if that it will be if it would be possible, but potentially that's something we can see in future. I want to briefly throw it back this kind of like to the basic kind of exclusives um, conversations we were having. Um, and I just remember one of my favourite ever games, uh, well, favourite ever well, trilogies, I guess, is the first three Ratchet and Clanks. Because I played them on PS2, and I loved them all, and then I got an Xbox, and I've never played another one since. <laughs> and I, honestly, it makes me sad, they were still making Ratchet and Clank games, and I've never played one past the first three, and I've always wanted to. I've never owned a PlayStation. And you know what? 
I want an end to exclusives for that reason, just so I can play Ratchet and Clank. There's but, a new one coming out, like yeah, uh, a couple weeks. PlayStation though. Aye, we'll just get a PlayStation. <laughs> we look at a PS5 in this bloody climate. Jordan <laughs> got one. Jordan got one. He actually went into game uh, the other day. He was he was in Edinburgh for his uh, birthday weekend away with his girlfriend, and he walked into game because he saw there's P- PS5s available in the store. And he went, "Am I able to order this in the store and then just get it lowered to my house?" Like, no, I need to pick it up in the store. And he's like, "Right, okay." So he kind of had that itch after that. Actually, went into the game and he asked, "You got any PS5s?" Go, we've got four get delivered Friday. Gets a pre-order, and he gets it Friday. So oh. like, it's like they're not they're not allowed to advertise online anymore. PS5 because the demand for it because it just crashes every single website. So it just gets sent to the store. And you've got to check in the store, and if you, if you get it, you get it. So it's just purely potluck for a PlayStation Five now. And so go Jack- get one, Adam. Yeah, go <laughs> to Edinburgh say- or Air on a Friday. <laughs> I was gonna say, Jack, just give it. Why don't you just um, give it your address in case people want to come and congratulate Jordan on getting a PS5. <laughs> I don't think that that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess to kind of round off the discussion, look into the future of uh, gaming. A lot of game developers seem to believe the future of gaming is in fact in streaming, be it cloud services or some new infrastructure down the line. Adding in the billions of gamers who exclusively game via phones and, and tablets, you know, things like COD Mobile and PUBG Mobile has become absolutely monstrous do you think this will have a, a large standing effect on how we interact with games especially adding in things like game pass and subscriptions uh jack i don't know maybe you want to jump in on that one um i'm not i'm not i'm not sure i feel that I, fuck i don't even know i feel like it's, it's going to be one of those things that like I think franchises is just always going to be there for games. I don't know if like it will ever change because of the way gaming is going to go. I, for one, I, I don't care about franchise in general. Like, I've I've had plenty of stick from uh, folk in the wrestling podcast because they all play PS Five and they're like, "Oh, you've got where, where was your Xbox exclusive?" And the Xbox came out, and I was like, I, "They weren't there. I know they weren't there. I didn't buy it for the exclusive. Buy it for the experience they gave." And that's more kind of where. I'm going for it. I, I enjoy gaming better when I'm playing on the Xbox compared to the PlayStation because of the folk you get to play with, because of Game Pass, etc. So I feel that maybe if, obviously I know the Sony diehards are going to, always going to get their franchises from that and that's the thing that will pull them towards getting a PlayStation, for example. But I, I do think that there's maybe going to be a change that people aren't solely going to be looking at getting a certain gaming device purely because of what franchises are available to it. I think it would be for the experience of gaming, the entertainment system around it, for example. I think that's the kind of way it will head. I don't know if that answers your question or not. I could be talking a little shite. <laughs> it kind of does, but it, it near the end there, I started getting trauma-induced panic based around allegiances of corporations uh, and creating the future of a world like Hunger Games, where Microsoft <laughs> is one of them. For whatever reason, I'm not entirely sure. Um, Stuart, I want to ask you this question because I think you kind of share the same sentiment We, when it comes to the establishment of new franchises. Do you think a change, like I outlined with games as a service and streaming and, and, and Game Pass, will actually make it difficult for new IPs to kind of float to the top and be established themselves? I actually, I don't think so. It might surprise people, but I, I, the problem is, I remember a couple of console generations ago, everyone thought 
that mobile gaming was the future. Like there were literally people talking about how the Xbox One and the PS4 would be the last ever consoles, and like look how that turned out. Like, and this is nothing to do with the pandemic. Like gaming has never been more popular. It's just such an easily accessible pastime. And as long as those consoles need to sell, there will always be a demand for exclusive games because they know that's what attracts um, people towards it. It's become less about performance and less about hardware. It's more about what you're... And that that's what... It's all trial and error. Like, you want... PlayStation 3 kind of bombed because they focused on the hardware. The Xbox One bombed because they focused on the hardware. We know that if you want, like, a top-of-the-end machine to play games, you're going to get a PC. If you want console exclusives... You have to go with whatever console has the exclusives that you want. So they still have these old, all the same tropes and genres of gaming that have been around for the past 20 years. So I think there will always be studios that will want to make the old school franchise content because there's a market for them. You know, I think it's not the doom and gloom that we think it is. I think it's just people being very reactionary. Obviously, standards of gaming have slipped. You're now seeing a lot of... um, predatory businesses within gaming but console exclusives I don't think are going anywhere anytime soon and I don't think they will at all to be honest uh, Reese, I just want to kind of touch on uh, my corporation induced panic and the previous point do you have any fears that I sort of switching of the the guard all the way over to having exclusive streaming services might actually create some sort of intense corporate competition that we end up living in a post uh tekken or insert film about survival royale um no uh i don't think it's that dramatic to be honest but uh, i really love your enthusiasm but um, i do think new games that aren't necessarily story based you know your your fortnites your rocket leagues stuff that are just kind of fun they they're not console specific they actually their companies they pitch their idea to these uh, to microsoft sony steam or uh, epic games uh, for them um and then they they won't take it uh, like an exclusive deal they, they want to be played by as many as they can whereas your smaller companies that are making story-based games, they're always going to just take what they can get. So if Sony say to them, we want this and we want you to only, you know, contractually only be on our platform, they'll be like, yeah, no worries, easy. And I think that's been the case for all my life, you know, 20-odd years, and that's going to be the case for the next 20-odd years. And I don't think that's ever going to change I just don't. I just can't see. Going back to my last point, I just can't see these companies ever working together because that affects their capital, and they want as much profit going into them and not their competitors as possible. And that is Lewis, the modern day capitalist market. Indeed, it is. And at the end of the day, there's only so many resources that each company can tap into, and only so much profit they can take from from the viable sources adam just any concluding thoughts there have you got any concerns about 
new IPs being able to float to the top or the future of gaming with things like games as a service and mobile and streaming and all these other things that are kicking about? Yeah, I think in terms of the future of um, original IPs, I think that there is a now there is a demand for for original IPs now. I think that it's pretty clear that fans want that. I think the way this success of like fresh ideas that are from smaller companies that have flourished, I think, is given the big AAA companies now go well. We want a bit of that. So they're like, okay, well, maybe we don't need to re-release Skyrim on our console. Maybe we can release a new game. Um, <laughs> and I think what we have seen, uh, especially as we've seen at the Xbox event with um, Starfield and with um, Redfall, that, there's, that there, is, there is a drive from these companies to have exclusive IPs. In terms of the big whole capitalist market, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, maybe it will all be fucked and but we'll probably be living in a nuclear wasteland by then, so, you know, who gives a shit? If that's the case, every gamer will be thoroughly prepared. So after a pretty detailed discussion there about past, present, and future, uh, we now move on to the beat of the meal, the pitches, the, the final quest, so to speak, tasked with pitching the best gaming franchise of all time. So going first... Stepping into the arena is Jack. Jack, give us your pitch for the best game of franchise of all time. Go on, Jack. Come on, go on, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> right, the best game franchise was not made mainstream because of Pokemon Go. It was made mainstream way before that. Pokemon is the best game franchise of all time. It's. I mean, you can probably argue that Pokemon is like greater than greater than like the the, the total amount of the individual titles for the amount of arms and legs the the, the franchise as a whole has when you has the the movies the, the TV shows the the card game but the fran the gaming franchise side of it is something that I could you can probably near enough put a guarantee that like most people have ever played a game have played a Pokemon game in some way, particularly on your handheld devices like your Game Boy or your DS, for example. They've they've managed to create a game that appeals to like near on every single age market, age gap in the market. So you've got your young kids, you're like 18 to 29 year olds, folk that are older than that. It's 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 something that's so beautiful and it's so simple in itself that you're you're going out and you're trying to earn gym badges and you're trying to catch all the Pokemon in the land and fill your Pokedex. You're trying to catch shiny variants of it. Yeah. Oh, it's it's just a really good game. That it makes so much money. It's one of the most profitable gaming franchises of all time as well, with how it's there. And obviously they made into that market into the mobile device as you said and you sell Pokemon Go which did boost its popularity when everyone was out cutting about city centres and town squares, spinning the wee pit stop things to get goods to catch more Pokemon, for example. It's one of those franchises you could go to anyone and you say Pokemon and they, know, they have a rough idea of what it is and they can tell you, oh, I played Pokemon Green, Pokemon Red, whatever, like Leaf Green, Red, Blue, Yellow, Diamond, Pearl, there's so much. And even the spin-off titles they did from that, when you got Pokemon like Ranger, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Battle Revolution, the the game they put on the, the Wii, Pokemon Masters on phone as well. They haven't done a game that hasn't 
been successful. Every game that they've been able to put out is something that has made them a profit at the end of the day. There's never going to be a game from them that will be bad. You play it, it may change, it may get more kiddie, it may get to a point where it's when we go into a niche, but I do feel that Pokemon is the greatest gaming franchise of all time for its variety, for its spin-offs, and for, quite frankly, never producing a bad game. It's a good, it's a good pitch. Just to touch on there, it is not one of the best-selling gaming franchises. It is the best-selling gaming franchise of all time. Uh, good pitch. Solid. Any questions from the panel? Yep. Uh, first of all, congratulations on sounding like an expert of Pokemon games and also like you never played one at certain times, which I really appreciated. Um, mm. o- overall, was it? Uh, <laughs> the no one laughed. Well done, Adam. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. It was a serious point. Anyway. Um, no, uh, overall, quite a good pitch. Um, I did have a question. Uh, I was, I do think that, um, in terms of you said it, it was, I know, I know what you're saying about like Pokemon wasn't mainstream, was mainstream, sorry, before Pokemon Go. I, I agree, it certainly had still had quite a broad reach then, but I don't think you would have found the same audience that got attracted to it at Pokemon Go. There are certain elements of the audience that are, that, are, that are fans of Pokemon now that definitely weren't before that. So I think to be to, like, when it was truly mainstream, truly like a household name, I think you would probably, especially with the older generation who maybe hadn't played Pokemon uh, before, I think you'd probably have to go Pokemon you, 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 Go for that. But, sorry, 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 sorry. So you said that Pokemon isn't, wasn't a household name before Pokemon Go? Yeah, I, I'm going yeah, yeah, yeah. to have to chime in here. But, this is outrageous. From what I picked up from what you said, there, that's essentially what you were saying. There wasn't a, a household name until Pokemon Go because oh, they, maybe, maybe that's folks' first experience of it. What I was saying was Pokemon was mainstream before that. Maybe that boosted its popularity. Maybe it got even more mainstream than what it was. But you, you said earlier on that that's what made it mainstream. And I argued that it wasn't that that made it mainstream. Uh, no, I just I was just pointing out that uh, it was like you say, like you said there, that it was the Pokemon game with like a huge popularity boost in terms of reaching sectors that never had before. If anything, it wasn't really a question; it was more just agreeing with you and expanding on that a little bit. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Outrageous. Okay, Stuart, have you got anything to add to that discussion? I'm almost scared to add anything now. <laughs> uh, like just, just upsetting. Uh, you know the, you know the joint attack of the tag team. When, when Jack, we were the tag team. Come on, we, what would you do? You've gone full heel. Triple threat here. Mate, we'll go, we'll do it. We'll, we'll do it. We'll become a, a, a trio. And we'll do it. We'll free bird rule it. <laughs> Unheard of. Um, but no, it was a good pitch. Um, I don't. I don't really know what Adam's point was. Yeah. So, so, sorry, yeah. Adam, sorry, Adam. But what, what, I would, what I would say, though, is, like, Pokemon is, like, a great franchise. And like you said, they have they have put out a peach of a game every time, mainly because they just release the same game every time. But, like, they, I mean, why improve in perfection? But the thing is, it's a great franchise, but the popularity from Pokemon isn't 
necessarily to do with the games. I remember when Pokemon, like the first boom of Pokemon, like you said, it was it was kind of hit all at the same time. You had the TV show, you had the card game, and you had the games. And I knew plenty of people that just touched one, never touched the other two. So, like, I don't know. I, I couldn't personally point to what really made Pokemon so, so mainstream because it certainly was mainstream before Pokemon Go. But I don't know if it was necessarily to do with the games just because the I remember the movies. The movies were huge as well. So, like, it is just one of those, like, behemoths of a franchise that you don't... It's hard to pinpoint where it actually got the ball rolling, but it was a good pitch. Yeah, I'd agree with that as, as well. To be fair, that I'm not... I'm not saying that because of the the gaming franchise, that's where all the success of Pokemon has came. I'm just saying that it was like it is just for for gaming. I do think that is probably the best gaming franchise for what it's been able to produce and do to gaming in its entirety to itself. That's probably the Pokemon cards. Others was way 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 back when you've got a TV show as well, and that was probably people's first exposure to it. Then when you find out when you watch the adverts, you've got the games coming, folk enjoy from there and that's probably where they're able to enhance their enjoyment further and make like get like proper stuck into it. So no I'd I agree with that. I I'd, I'd still back it as the, the best gaming franchise of all time. There's definitely some technicality arguments going on here. And I think one thing is maybe underappreciated or maybe something we're not particularly focused on here is just not even just digital gaming but trading card games and all of the stuff that Pokemon brings to the table. But Adam, you faced some heat on your uh, criticism, I guess, of, of, of Jack there. <laughs> so I guess it's only fair that you go next. So Adam. Oh, whoa, wait a minute. Well, but my, my feedback for Jack. I, I figured you, okay, jump in. Right, Jack. Loved the pitch, right? Lewis wasn't going to let me say that, but I loved it. Um, <laughs> and also, I think Adam was outrageous for suggesting Pokemon Go is what made Pokemon. I, I think, to be fair to Adam, like, he has got shit on here a bit. So I, I feel like he was trying to say that it, Pokemon, gave, Pokemon Go gave it a huge boost, but I just don't think it gave it the boost that Adam's trying to suggest. I think it was far more popular, especially in the East, uh, like just way before Pokemon Go. Uh, but I, the first thing I pitched to Lewis as a potential pitch was going to be Pokemon, and then uh, Lewis said it had been taken. Um, so you've got five seconds to answer this question, and if you answer it right, I will vote for you. You said that Pokemon Go, uh, sorry, Pokemon's the biggest gaming franchise of all time. That means that it, it, its games are really popular and still great to this day. And if, that, if that were true, Jack, you would still be playing them to this day. So can you name me in five seconds, three of the eighth generation Pokemon go. That's a good question. Uh, that's a good question. Wait, you, that's five seconds, right? <laughs> 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 uh, Jack, you said Pikachu. I'm sure Pikachu's still fucking in it. Like, <laughs> like, he's that's a question. Pokemon, sorry. Ryan Reynolds. Hi, Ryan Reynolds. But I did love the pitch, Jack. Is it? Is that is eighth generation not like the the, the brand new stuff? Aye, that's the the newest generation. I ah uh, well, I've I've not played that. That's what I, that was my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Still, still's done really good, and it's still the best <laughs> game for all time. I'll rate that. Right, mate. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm ashamed that I almost glossed over that. Adam, take us away, man. Uh, thank you, thank you. Now. 
uh, for my pitch, it was a, a tough choice. I decided, you know, not to go down the traditional route. And no doubt, I could see it costing me. But I'm going to go for it anyway. I think that it's time some of the modern gaming franchises got a bit of love. Uh, and I think that it's already got a bit of hate, the one I've chosen, which is Assassin's Creed. Now, I chose it for a few reasons I go into, and I just think there's some of the key factors um, what would make um, a successful gaming franchise. First reason is pretty obvious, it's longevity. It was, it's what makes a franchise a franchise. It started with, Assassin's Creed started with the first game release in 2007, and the most recent game dropping in 2020. 12 games in the main series, 12 spin-off titles. All these games take place in the same universe at different points. All the games in the main series allow the player to have an effect upon the world. And I've just got my second reason for Assassin's Creed being the best franchise is its innovation. Now, I might get a bit of pushback for here, but just allow me to explain. Assassin's Creed has been an innovator in terms of gameplay and story way back since the first game. The story of Desmond using the Animus to go back, live his ancestors' life was fresh. We hadn't seen that before. It certainly made me interested in the game. I want to see more of both sides, of both the ancestors' memories and also Desmond in the present. And while the use of the Assassins and the Templars as organisations fighting in the shadows, it, it felt gritty, it felt realistic in its own way. In terms of gameplay, Assassin's Creed made bold strokes to add new gameplay concept to each of its games. Sometimes with significant leaps, sometimes with not, but every time it was with the goal of adding variety and entertainment to gameplay. A good example of this was when there was some fan pushback to Assassin's Creed Syndicate, and as I spoke before, franchises are all about fan popularity. Do the fans want more? Well, the fans wanted more, but they weren't necessarily happy with the same formula. And they switched it up. They brought Assassin's Creed Origins. They added a lot of RPG elements while keeping a lot of the elements of Assassin's Creed that the fans loved. And that's been a huge success. And they've got more games in a similar vein since. The last reason I think that Assassin's Creed is the best game franchise sorry, is the world building. I've already made mention of the plot. But I want to talk about the world behind the plot. There's a lot of depth in terms of the way they almost remodel the history. They... The, in terms of extra content available in each game that allows you to explore the background, I, I don't know if there's a game that really compares in terms of the, the image and the the um, the world you can paint just by playing the game. And I just think it's something that it's always been immersive as a franchise. I know there's a lot of criticism about uh, Ubisoft, which I agree, and I, said I don't like Ubisoft as much as the next guy. In fact, I've... I've I think a lot of Assassin's Creed's um, criticism comes from the fact it's attached to Ubisoft. I think certain things, the business practices involved, you know, let's be honest, it's not the guys that made the game. It's not their fault. Certain things have happened. Ubisoft, they are the worst. However, Assassin's Creed, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say it's the best. Thank you. Quite a controversial pick. But you get applause by Reese. I will say Assassin's Creed is one of my favorite game franchises. I even considered getting the Creed of the Assassins tattooed on me. In fact, it is a poster in my room. Reese, do you have any uh, comments or feedback on on Alan's pitch there? Yeah, well, I think if you want to get the tattoo, go ahead and get it. I am planning on it. Good. Um, or oh, Adam's pitch, you know, uh, it's hard for me to really comment on other than the fact I said earlier on, there's only two good ones. But realistically, my my opinion on Assassin's Creed doesn't really count for much because I never, I've not got the hours in it that certainly you guys have. Um, so overall, I would just say it's just a, it's just a really good pitch, and it was uh, you know 
good of Adam to point out the, the criticisms and the negatives of the game in his pitch, which only made it stronger. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Reese. No worries. Yeah, it's certainly not without his criticism. Jack, have you got any questions or feedback? Uh, it's, it's widely known within us here. I'm not the biggest fan of Assassin's Creed that goes far to say I just don't like it. Plain and simple. Even like I know there's the I like the pirate stuff and I I, I, I say <laughs> that like Black Flag's my favourite, but I don't even particularly enjoy the game much at that point. I don't like you, you, the 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 Desmond stuff or the animus and shit. I hate how that all ended the the end of world crap. I I do oh appreciate <laughs> I do appreciate that uh, the 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 innovation side of things of what it's done to like especially the combat for gaming in the future. I do appreciate what you're trying to say with that. I'm just not that big a fan of the game, but I do like your pitch. The one question I have though is, have you played and completed Assassin's Creed Origins that Lewis gave you back at uni? Oh. Uh, I've not completed it, no, but I did. It can't be your favourite if Lewis gave you it back at uni. We've been out at uni for two years now. It can't be a favourite. Origins, I personally uh, found initially uh, coming from like jumping four Assassin's Creed titles, I found that quite hard Um, because I hadn't played it in a while. I'd played the last one I played was Syndicate. And there was a bit of a gap there. I just hadn't played it at all. And then I think at the time I found it a bit tough to get into. But then having gone back and played it in research for this podcast, I really enjoyed it, actually. Uh, and do you know what, Lewis? I'll get it back to you. I'll complete it. I'll give it back to you. Um, and I've, I've played a bit of um, Odyssey. And I've not, I've not played any of Valhalla yet. That's true. But I know that they continue to innovate in terms of RPG elements, and they are very strong games. And also, Jack, I don't know that you hated the Desmond stuff so much. It was quite passionate, I have to say. Like, I was, no, I was, it's pish. Like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not playing the game to be some guy walking about like a, a an office building to go and sit in some thing to go into the past. I thought when I was playing it, I was just going to be an assassin. I didn't I didn't like it. I didn't like it continuing. I like that they kind of... They somewhat scrapped it, but then it kind of came back. It was I just I don't care for that side of it. I care for the actual assassin thing. I don't know. I just I just it's not it's not for me. But one something that I've I've spoke to folk before, and do you think that there is more bad games than good games in the Assassin's Creed franchise, or at least excellent games to like kind of games that are all right? I feel that there's not. A game in that there's not enough games in that franchise that folk think this is brilliant. I'm gonna go. Um, what I'll do is Jack, I'll just I'm look. I've got the list of the games in front of me um, in the background, and I'll just say right now which ones that I know are, are excellent, which ones I think are good, and which ones I think are average. And I think in terms of average games, you'd probably say Rogue, Unity, and Syndicate that came right along in the middle. Uh, good games, you'd say Black Flag, Assassin's Creed Free original Assassin's Creed and then I think in terms of excellent games I think two Brotherhood revelations and then the the three Origins Odyssey and Valhalla I think they're all excellent games um, so I think in terms of that I would say that, they, that it balances out I wouldn't necessarily um, say I think I think what happened what happens with Assassin's Creed is that the, the average games because they released Rogue Unity and Syndicate in a row I think there was a bit of kind of bounced back then and I think it got a bit of reputation as oh you know another Assassin's Creed like it's maybe not going to be strong but I think it shows the strength of 
um, the creators that they managed to bounce back and make f- and inject fresh ideas into the game and have successful games after that. No further questions, Your Honor. <laughs> Defense rests. Any further uh, questions, or Stuart? Um, I, I don't like the Assassin's Creed games. Like the, the, the Assassin's, yes. Assassin's Creed games are like the, the X Men films. Right? They don't know what the fuck they're doing with them. They just, they just fucking, they just pump them out, and they're like, ah, that's good enough. And like, and it's, it's clearly not. Um, I mean, I gave Pokemon shit for for basically being the same game every year. But at least Pokemon's good. Um, <laughs> like Assassin's Creed, I, like I don't know what much more needs to be said other than I'm going to get a tattoo that says I hate Assassin's Creed on uh, my arm, so people know what they're dealing with. Me. I actually feel really bad for Adam here because I, I you know, Lewis came, uh, no, 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 Lewis... don't play both sides of the. <laughs> no, Lewis, Lewis came to me first, and I was like, oh, you know. I don't. Uh, I'm not really sure. I've not got enough hours in it, so I didn't want to shit on him. And you guys are just coming and going. You're that game is shit. Your favorite game is a piece of shit. <laughs> Your opinion is shit. <laughs> <laughs> the poor guy is just going. You know, I really like this game. You know, it's, I, I, I have so much fun when I play. It's really immersive. And you guys are going. It's fucking shit. Your opinion, shit. <laughs> I'm not saying right, Adam. What is your favorite game? My favorite game of all time, like individual. No, 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 no. In this, um, don't shoot yourself foot anymore. In this franchise, <laughs> <laughs> As I, I'd probably say Brotherhood. See, that's fair enough. When was Brotherhood made? That mate, that was fucking ten years ago. All right, they they peaked then. That's what I'm saying. Recent, like none of this. Uh, oh, you know, like oh, be nice to him. He brought it on himself. All right, and he's not fucking played them. All right. He's, he's famous sorry, from 10 Adam. years ago. <laughs> no, no, listen, I understand what you're saying. I think you're bringing a lot of heavy personal bias into this. And I think <laughs> fair enough. I think, you know what, we're always going to be hard to step away from our biases. Do you know what, at the end of the day, I just appreciate you coming here, giving your opinion. That's what it's all about. It's the world of opinions we're in. Uh, I think the fact is that the last few games are innovative and the introduction of RPG elements has freshened up You don't up know, you've got fucking played though. <laughs> I haven't played enough of them. Right. Sorry, you caused me to raise. Right. Like Assassin's Creed is shit. It's shit. Adam's Can I not vote for anyone? No, no, Can I vote for Reese? Reese, Reese, I vote for Reese. Carry on. Well, you've said you'll vote for Reese, so tell you what, Reese, you can go next and give us a safe and excellent pitch that is free of scrutiny. <laughs> safe, excellent, free of scrutiny. Well, uh, as Stuart mentioned earlier, this one is not free of scrutiny. Um, I found it actually difficult to come up with the best gaming franchise. And perhaps it's because until yesterday I thought we were doing the best gaming company. Or, you know, maybe it's just because I don't really play story-based games. So in the past 24 hours, I've had time to think about what games I've continuously played throughout my life. And there's been some classics like Mario, Crash Bandicoot and Spyro. Uh, but there's one game that I still play to this day, and it's still going strong, it's still putting out bangers, yeah, kinda. Uh, it's of course FIFA. It's 
So there we go. Um, just, you know, we all love it. We all play it. It's great. <laughs> no, right, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, oh, because... I thought you too. He literally yelled about FIFA about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> not even I can pretend that that piece of shit is worth even a... It's not even worth a joke pitch. It's a disgrace. But anyway... I just wanted to get another rant in. Uh, my real opinion on what the best gaming franchise is is Grand Theft Auto. You know, everyone here's, and I'm sure everyone listening, has played at least one of the games. The franchise has been dominating the RPG world since 1997. It's storytelling and it's incredibly written and it's just a fantastic display of satire. I think the reason that it's the best gaming franchise really stems down to, you know, over the last 24 years, it's been loved continuously by millions, um, including all of us, and it's only getting stronger. Uh, you know, GTA V is the second most sold go- uh, game of all time behind Minecraft, which is free, of course. Uh, you know, and out of all the pitches, it's going to be the one that all of us have definitely played. Uh, you know, Pokemon is, is as well. Um, we've all played it, but I think we've all played, and we all are still playing to this day. You know, out of all the pictures, I don't remember the last time I played Pokemon. I can't remember the last time I played Assassin's Creed, but I know all of us have at least played GTA, you know, at least once this year, because it's just continuously putting out bangers. It's continuously being strong. The storytelling in it is great. I, I don't find myself often get invested in story-based games. I think I bought Until Dawn just at the start of lockdown last year uh, because I, I, I watched YouTubers play it and I thought, oh, this looks good, this looks really fun. And I played, you know, like, a wee bit of it and I was like, oh, I just, and then I just gave up and I was like, I'll get back to it eventually and I never did. And I just can't really get into story-based games. I never find myself really immersed in them. And I just feel, feel like the timeline of GTA has me, you know, demanding a next one. I really want GTA 6 to come out, and I really want GTA 5 to come out. And I I just feel like, out of all the gaming franchises, the big ones in the world right now, you're talking about top five most sold has got Mario, Pokemon, Tetris, GTA and I think FIFA is in there as well. There's only one of them that I really desperately want the next game to come out of, and I think that shows the popularity of it. So I would say, for the reasons of longevity, recency, and pure quality, GTA is the best game in franchise. Pretty solid pitch put forth there. Because you've been rinsed for every single pitch, I'm going to give you the first chance here. Adam, do you have any questions, comments, or feedback? Uh, no, I thought it was a, a really good pitch. I really like Reese's reasoning. Um, I thought it was excellent. Um, I have a question. It's not It's not a criticism. Um, it's not meant to be. It's just to hear more of your thoughts on it. It's just that do you think um, it maybe it detracts a little from GTA's kind of presence as a franchise, the fact that they've kind of lent on GTA Five for so long? I actually, it's interesting. See if you look at the the dates between how long 
uh, GTA games, uh, like between them, it's normally about five years. But I think we were blessed kind of just before GTA 5. I think uh, there was only like a three-year gap between, uh, if I'm not mistaken, GTA 4 and GTA 5. It's really it's a lot closer than all the other ones. And I think in the current climate, we kind of want new new things a lot quicker than we can get. Uh, but I do agree with you, to be fair. I desperately want GTA 6. The community desperately wants GTA 6. But at the same time, GTA 5 Online is getting updates regularly and you know, millions of people are still playing it and millions of people are still buying things in it. So I can understand why they would do that. I think it's going to be a kind of similar to what happened with... Um, or certainly, I think this is what they would try to do. It would be similar to kind of what happened with uh, Warzone, where it kind of just went into the next game. You know, uh, like that, we've never really seen anything like that like for an online game. So I think they'll probably try and do something like that with it. Or I would have hoped. Um, and I think that would maybe speed up getting GTA 6 out, hopefully. <laughs> That's a good answer. Thank you. Just to add in their release schedules, ignoring the first two because they were top down. Grand Theft Auto 3 came out in 2001, Vice City 2002, San Andreas 2004. Then Grand Theft Auto 4 came out in 2008, (laughs) and then Grand Theft Auto 5 came out in 2013. So they were released yearly or within three years, and then the last one took five years to come out just for. So it's been it's been building up. I thought it was going to be building up. (laughs) I I guess my, my, my thing about that is that. Grand Theft Auto Online has become the thing, not Grand Theft Auto. And I think the reason you're probably clamoring for more is because it's just it's the same product now. But that's me. I'm the host. I'm not allowed to have opinions. Jack, what's your opinion? Uh, yeah, I, I I I do think GTA is up there as one of the one of the best of all time. I really enjoy it. I enjoy the stories you get from the games. Obviously, what's happened recently with online. Really enjoy playing online. Uh, Adam brought up a good point. Maybe is, is online kind of masking the potential release for the next GTA 6? I thought that was a good question to bring up. It's been covered up well. Uh, I agree with it. Obviously, GTA Online, I think it's being released separately itself now as well at some point. Like at the end of the year, it's going to be its own thing. So, like, I don't I, I don't know what else is to be said. That's what said. Uh, yeah, I was kind of alluding to that. It's like, when, that's always going to be the Los Santos map that's going to be out, but when GTA 6 comes out, is that going to change? Or will that will just always be its thing? I, I don't know. I do I do like it. I do wish we had another GTA story instead of the kind of, the, the, not the rinse and repeat heist, because they do change them quite a bit online, but I do miss the the story side of it. Yeah, I just I just wish the GTA online maybe wasn't masking that and we would get GTA six sooner rather than later. One can yeah, it's maybe a, a highlight of the change of the guard with gaming now where story games just aren't really as desired. I know like GTA four was one of my favorite games because I absolutely loved the story. Stuart, do you have any sort of comments, questions, feedbacks, anything? No, it was it was a really good pitch. Um, yeah, like GTA is up there. Like and like I said earlier, it's one that transcends like 
people like Joe Bloggs off the street will know what uh, Grand Theft Auto is. Um, but no, it was a good pitch by Reese. I just got to say, mate, you've got to stop calling GTA an RPG. It, it's not. It's just it not is. an RPG. It's not. It is. That's, <laughs> it is. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's exactly not what it is. What it's, is it then? I mean, it's, you, it's you're not an RPG. You're literally playing as a character. That role play. That's it. That's every game. Every well, not every game. Not Rocket League. One nil. Played as a car. Move on. One nil. <laughs> One nil. One nil. Me. All right. One goal. Come on. Save this. However, send us your pics on Instagram and our DMs. Who's correct here? GTA and RPG. But to conclude the pitch series, Stuart, batter up, hit out of the park. What's your pitch for best game franchise? All I can say is, thank fuck I've actually played my game recently. Otherwise, it would not hold up to scrutiny. Uh, to give it away there, my pick for the best video game franchise of all time will come as no surprise to the panel here. It is, of course, Fortnite. Hey, 10 kills on the board right now. Just wiped out to me. Town. <laughs> um, to me, the best video game franchise of all time is Halo. Got my vote. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> The old bait switch for the loss. Yep, that's it. I should have just written in a piece of paper like, and sent that to Lewis. But uh, anyway, uh, to me, Halo is the ultimate game franchise. And to be honest, it's a great overall franchise in general. Much like Pokemon, there's tons of other great content within, like the books and the short films, etc. But I'll be sticking to the games for this pitch. I mean, it's been around for 20 years. The anniversary of the first game, Combat Evolved, will be coming up in the next few months. Um, and it's really stood the test of time. In total, there have been 15 games, which include the five main games, which tell the story of uh, the main character, Mr. Halo, as Jack calls him, um, along with uh, two direct spin-offs. Uh, there's also two uh, RTS spin-offs, and the rest being smaller mobile games or remasters. Basically, with Halo, there's something for everyone. The main games are the most popular, obviously, and Bungie's original Halo trilogy, well, I don't think there are many games that have impacted gaming just as much as these games have, from gameplay to structure to level design to multiplayer. Halo 1 to 3 have shaped so much of modern gaming, but it's not limited to those three. Each game, and I think, has innovated on the backs of the previous one, and this is a franchise that's constantly adapt adapting. Um, too many games, you know, they're tasked to basically follow whatever's trending, whether it's Battle Royales or whatever. Back in the day, these same companies were trying to run after whatever Halo was putting out because it was just so popular and new. But Halo is always trying out new things. And even if those things don't work, they'd always try and improve them rather than gut them from future games. Like there are, It's a franchise that really adapts well, even to its own mistakes. Um, with all the games in the franchise, uh, each game does something great, even if it isn't the best. So one game might not have a good story, but it has great multiplayer. One might have good multiplayer, but not has a great story. Like There's always one thing in the game that stands out really well. I don't think any game has been a complete waste. And uh, I might have strong opinions about certain games, but I would never say I'm, I wish that wasn't in the franchise. I'm, I wish I hadn't played it. Um, of course, across every game, there is one thing that can't be disputed that has fantastic music. I don't think I need to say anything on that front, but it just points to the calibre of Halo when not only does it have high-quality music across every game, but it also has an instantly recognisable theme. I mean, you might not like Halo, you might even hate it, 
but you can't deny the impact it's had on gaming because without Halo, you wouldn't have the infrastructure of modern online multiplayer, but you also wouldn't have the Xbox. This game pretty much secured the Xbox. It's not only a console, but a gaming platform entirely. And to this day, it's still around. And not many game franchises have done that. You know, I will die on this hill forever. The Halo is extremely important to gaming. And I think a lot of people will not truly understand or grasp just how important it was. Um, Jack... I've seen you've been playing some Halo with Stuart back and forth. Do you have any comments, feedback, questions? Yeah, I'm probably the, uh, have a have a different viewing to Halo than probably what the, the rest of the, the guys here are well considering that I didn't get any Xbox till I was like 17, 18. I was, I was PlayStation all the way through to that point. And uh, my, my exposure to Halo was very limited from then. And then uh, one, one lovely birthday, Stuart bought me the Master Chief Collection. And then a couple of years after that, that's when we started playing it. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate how much that game means to Xbox and to like, Xbox fans alike. I do think it is a truly great franchise for that. It's the kind of legacy that's left and that's still going. I, I, as we are at Halo Reach now, I believe. So we played the first Halo. It was all right. Halo 2, thought it was shit. Halo 3, loved it. Loved Halo 3. Halo 3 ODST can just not bother existing. And I'm I'm enjoy, enjoying Halo Reach the now, so I, I, I do have a different opinion. But maybe that's because I'm playing at a different time to when it all came out. I don't know. Maybe that's why it's skewed from that. But I do appreciate what Stuart's saying, that the importance it has to Xbox and Microsoft as a whole. So that, that, a good pitch to it. Thank you, and like, I, I, it's just a shame we haven't um, we haven't got onto like any multiplayer because we've just been playing the the, the campaigns like in the in release order. But I think if we all once Jack's done that, got that out of the way, and we all all five of us jump onto Halo multiplayer, which thanks to you know the kind of pedigree of the franchise, it's still active to this day. They've they've done. 343 they really shit the bed on the Master Chief collection but they've done their damnedest to bring it back up and they're still improving it and it's got a still very active player base so I think if we all five just jump onto multiplayer anytime we will all enjoy it because it's just that type of a franchise I'm happy to play Halo multiplayer whenever just to tie onto that I actually got a notification via my Xbox app on my phone that uh, there was an update released today for Aye, 120 the gig update What's that? A <laughs> hundred and twenty gigs. Yes. I'm not downloading that. <laughs> the four of us will have a great time playing Halo multiplayer. <laughs> Reese, have you got any comments, feedback, questions? Uh, I'm actually in a similar position here to Jack. I went PS1, PS2, and then I went to 360. And I did play a, a couple of the Halos. I couldn't honestly say which ones. Uh, and I enjoyed them, but it was around about the time when I was starting to get into Call of Duty, and I've n- I was never really one for kind of sci-fi kind of things. Um, so naturally, I I went more towards Call of Duty than I did for uh, Halo. But I enjoyed it when I played it. I appreciate the value of it, especially for Xbox, because PlayStation Two is one of the biggest consoles 
of all time, PlayStation One was a great console as well. It really did carry Xbox. I to, even like to this day, like Xbox fans still rate it like really highly as the exclusive for Xbox. Um, so I do appreciate that. Uh, but being someone that's not really played it that much, I can always say you you kind of made it sound like Assassin's Creed. Uh, like Adam's pitch, you know, Adam went through the the Assassin's Creeds and he said. Ah, uh, that one's good. That one's excellent. That one's average. And you said, yeah, some of them are, you know, some of them are good. Some of them aren't as good. But you know, they've all got good qualities. Each one, but you never really, you know, you didn't sell it to me. You know, you didn't make me want to play it. Reese, it's an RPG. You'll love it. Well, actually. <laughs> On that topic, I just googled uh, is GTA an RPG? The simple answer is yes. And then it says here, role-play video game, electronic game genre in which players advance through a story quest and often many side quests for which the character or party of characters gain experience. That improves various attributes and abilities. Just like a certain Grand Theft Auto. I mean, do, have you never eaten the hamburgers to get yourself fat so that you can bulk up the weights with CJ? No, I mean, you just don't know what you're talking about. If this is what RPGs have been reduced to, dearie me, Adam shuddering as we speak, thinking about all the hours that he put into Skyrim, you know, an actual <laughs> RPG. Um, but, Reese, like, to back to your um, your point, if I, I'm sorry I didn't sell it. Like, I just I had the like interest of time, but, like, I could go through... Like, I love the Halo games. Like, I... I, I really can't tell you how much of a simp I am for Halo. Honestly, I fucking love them so much. And I, even now to this day, still get so much enjoyment from them. During the pandemic, I um, completed Halo 2 on Legendary, which is such a tough feat for me. So I was hugely proud that for I managed anyone, to do it. Just like, to clarify that, it's tough for anybody, not Stuart because he's bad or anything like that. It's just difficult to do. It's They've, they've aped the, the difficulty so bad, there's there's cutscenes that will complete and you'll be dead because of the way the AI has been dialed up to 11 in those games. But honestly, like, I don't think there is a bad Halo game for me. It just like, for example, the last one, Halo 5, I really cannot stress enough how much I fucking despise the story. Multiplayer was absolutely amazing, which is ironic because Halo 4, I loved the story, didn't like the multiplayer. There is always something about Halo that I will absolutely love and uh, like, I'm hoping that that continues the trend. You know, we can look at games and there's always going to be preferential opinion. And then if you look at the Halo series, like any TV series, there's going to be stronger episodes and weaker episodes, just saying. Uh, Adam, last in the panel, any feedback, questions or comments? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just want to know, Stuart, what is your favourite Halo? Oh, God. I mean, all of them. Uh, <laughs> ah, <laughs> ah, <laughs> just lost my vote. I lost my vote. Sorry, mate. I, I love them all. I love everything. Uh, okay. Halo I'm gonna, 1. I'm going to go Halo 1. Halo 1, amazing. Like, what, what, what an opener. Halo 2, fantastic story with the armor. Halo 3 has some of the best, best set pieces in gaming at all. Halo 4 has a fantastic yeah. story between Master Chief and the, the other main characters. Halo 5, fucking dog shit. Love the multiplayer. Absolutely great <laughs> multiplayer. <laughs> well, I don't... Okay. You know, I know, you know I know a couple of Halo experts who say that Halo 4 and Halo 5 have no value at all. Um, so I put that as two expert opinions, saying that they're terrible. And, I, you know, you were quick, very quick, I noticed, to criticise the quality of some of the Assassin's Creed games. Um, 
you know, I, I, might, I definitely came through a little bit when you were talking to me. Um, so I'm just, I just wondering how it could be the strongest franchise with such weak entries, according to. And wow. I, I want to, I want to come back here and say, verified Halo experts, they've got they've massive got the in their balls, you know. Wow. <laughs> Did they have recon armor though? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Can't argue with that. I Can't don't know that. what any of this means. Because nah, <laughs> I'm playing the game. Oh, gosh, I game. just don't care. <laughs> I mean, come on. Right. You've heard no, no, no. Answer the question. Answer the question. The man asked the question. Okay. Answer it. I mean, you know what? Let's continue this line of thought. The only, thing, the only thing I can say is, like, we're playing through them just now. I want to hear Adam's expert Halo opinion on them. We're nearly there, Adam. We've got Reach, and then we've got Halo Four and Halo Five. And I want, I want to hear. Honestly, want to hear what you say. Yeah, that's fine. Don't worry. We'll re-release. Well, what I'll do is I'll go back, edit, and re-upload this episode once we play Halo Four and Five, and I'll put my opinion in on it. Haven't put in a retraction in twenty years. I just want to say, Stuart has dodged the question, and for that, you've lost my respect and you've lost my vote. Thank well you. done, Jack. Forget my vote. <laughs> So, as recently returned there, guys, if you could just send in your votes on who you think had the strongest pitch there. Um, while we wait for them to come in, I just want to take this time to draw attention to a video by a online artist called Noodle, who actually did a very long, detailed video about um, the importance of Halo gaming, particularly about music, art style, and direction. And before we announce a winner as well, I just want to let everybody know that... Uh, Stuart, what are we going to be doing in our next episode? Our next episode, Lewis, is going to be a fantastic episode because <laughs> we are talking about the Fantastic Four. That's right. Marvel finally have ripped the rights back to where they belong. And not only are we going to be pitching who we think should be the next Fantastic Four, but we will actually have a guest who will Ooh. be judging your pitches. So none of this, he said, she said, ah, oh, f- fucking Assassin's Creed fan cast, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's quite rightfully out of our hands, and I'm, we're all very excited uh, for that next episode. Yeah, quite the, the, the fantastic one planned there. Good pun. I made that uh, joke, Stan Lee's <laughs> favourite uh, characters he created. But back to the current trend. Our overwhelming winner with three of the four votes, your best gaming franchise of all time winner, GTA. We screwed. Oh! I'm standing up. I'm taking a bow. Come on. There we go. Come on. Rockstar, best gaming studio. Well, Rockstar have done it for me. (laughs) Man did it 10 minutes ago and he wins. How are you feeling? Uh, a bit emotional, really. Um, I just really want GTA 6 to come out, to be honest, but I'm really grateful for that the guys voted for me. So, uh, thank you. GTA 6 to come. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, big thanks to the guys joining me in this episode Adam, Jack, Stuart, and Reese. Just to remind you if you want to get involved and interact with us on fan polls, episode ideas, and more, just make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at underscore the big picture. Make sure to keep an eye out for the fan poll, which you can decide who, what, uh, who, and what made the best pitch for the best game in the franchise of all time. And make sure to like, subscribe to the podcast, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your entertainment to make sure you don't miss whenever we go live. That's all from us today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. Give yourself a little pat on the back. Round of applause. 
And uh, stay safe. Good night and good luck.